Good afternoon and welcome to the podcast. I'm Nick Drago. Lots of fun today on the show as we recap the NHL and NBA Finals. Strange week this week in Boston for baseball and an MLB prospect that can literally play every position. Keep with us. Sports, sports, sports is coming up in a hot second. Welcome one and welcome all to the Sports 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 Podcast. For those that are new to the show, be ready for a quick and dirty update on what went down this week as well as what to expect over the next few days. I was at a wedding yesterday and I'll be honest with you, I'm pretty sure my legs are still asleep from all the dancing. T-minus two weeks until my big move to Philadelphia and did any of you see me scale a building in France to save a little boy? Okay, that wasn't really me, but I know the resemblance is uncanny, right? All right, four teams left for both the NHL and NBA. Let's take a peek at those series. Capitals and Vegas in a highly publicized series. Vegas took Game 1 as a nice little Memorial Day treat. Game 2 was Wednesday and quite a thrilling affair that culminated with the Capitals' first ever Stanley Cup Final victory. Braden Holpe continues to prove his worth, making 37 saves, one of which was a sheer jaw-dropping stick save with less than two minutes on the clock. Definitely worth look up on YouTube. Defenseman Brooks Orpik scored his first goal in 220 games to help with the 3-2 victory. Now, Game 3 was last night, and once again, the Caps proved to be too much. Ovechkin with a diving goal. Vienny Kuznetsov looks completely locked in right now. You know, he's got that special bird celebration that I oh so love to hate. Vegas losing back-to-back for the first time in the playoffs. They closed out their season with two straight losses. Uh, Last time they lost three in a row was at the end of February. So let's see if they can keep it together for Game 4. That is tomorrow. Now, everybody loves a good rematch. Seriously, Steph Curry and LeBron James, Part 4. While rematches in basketball happen quite frequently in the finals, this is the first time two teams have played each other for four straight seasons. Now, we know that Golden State is beatable. I I mean, really, they barely took down the Rockets, but this Cleveland team is significantly weaker than the previous few years. James, he's been a one-man show, and you know he's playing for a new contract. In the last four seasons, the Warriors, they are 17-9 versus Cleveland, counting finals appearances. In the regular season, it's 6-2. So game one, this was Thursday night, and realistically, you could just fast-forward that game to the last two minutes and see it all. Unless you've been living under a rock, I'm sure you've heard all about the ending to this one, from all the bad turnovers to the referee's bad play calling. For those rock dwellers, I'm looking at you, Patrick Starr. Let me explain. First, LeBron James put up one of the greatest finals performances ever seen, finishing with 51 points. With 4.7 seconds left on the clock, the two were tied. George Hill steps up to the free throw line and misses what would have been the game winner. But, alas, J.R. Smith of Cleveland somehow gets the rebound. He has plenty of time to shoot. He's merely inches from the basket and from glory. He could easily pass it to another player who could make that shot in their sleep. The rim, it's just shining right in front of him like a big, beautiful, golden ray of sun inviting the ball from his fingertips right into the basket. And that's when J.R. Smith turns around and dribbles the ball away from the net for every last millisecond. The frustration on LeBron James' face said it all. The Warriors took over in overtime and Cleveland lost. LeBron still goes down in history in the history books, although he is now the only player to score 50 points in a game in a finals game and lose. Now I'm sure you're wondering, why would JR do this? Well, J.R. Smith has a reputation for this sort of thing. Don't get me wrong, when he's locked in, he can be one of the best players on the court. 
For those watching on TV, you can clearly see Smith turn to LeBron after this play and say, I thought we were ahead. He didn't know they were tied, or at least that's what it appeared from our standpoint. Now, during your press conference, both players tried to save face by saying it wasn't true. LeBron going as far as storming out of his presser. Uh, it's hard to say what the truth was, um, but what we can say, and this part really tickles my fancy, is that this isn't the first time J.R. Smith has done this. Um, I thought I was seeing deja vu. Honestly, when I saw the play, I'm like, wait, this something about this seems familiar. J.R. Smith made the same mistake on January 3rd, 2014, while playing for the New York Knicks. Thinking they were ahead, he took a very bad three-point attempt on a wide-open net. Could have easily won the game for them against the Rockets, I believe, and they ended up losing. Game two of the finals is occurring as of this recording. And with summer rapidly approaching for both sports, it's important to note that some key players will be hitting the market. For the NBA, LeBron is the most obvious one, with his top options currently being Houston, L.A., Philly, Cleveland, and New York. Other names popping up include Kevin Durant, who will likely stay in the Bay, DeMarcus Cousins, Isaiah Thomas, Chris Paul, Ford George, Rudy Gay, and Brooke Lopez. Uh, you also have the possibility of Carmelo Anthony being back in the market, and Kawhi Leonard might be traded. So some things to uh, keep in mind. In the NHL, top talent is all over the board, including Rick Nash, Mike Green, James Neal, and James Van Riemsdyk. The two biggest names, though, to watch are Ilya Kovalchuk, who is ready to return from his sabbatical in Russia. The other is the biggest fish of all, John Tavares, who may be fed up with management in New York and ready to leave the Islanders. Top teams in his market include the Maple Leafs, Canadian Sharks, and Devils, if he does so choose to leave the island. Also, rumors are swirling that the Penguins may trade Phil Kessel, although the same rumor can be made about Evgeny Malkin on a yearly basis, so... Don't be surprised if that doesn't happen. Stay with us throughout the summer as we continue to churn out the rumor butter to keep you up to date with all of these players. All right, I'm going to hit the snooze and take a quick commercial break. Coming up, it's our baseball update featuring some of the top series from the weekend, including Boston, the most famous goose in sports. And no, he's not our athlete of the week. And lastly, the MLB prospect that can literally do it all. Kick your feet up as sports, sports, sports. We'll be back in a jiffy. You know what's really fun? Having a great advertisement. You know what's really, really fun? Having your great advertisement on the Sports 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 Podcast. Hi, I'm Nick Drago, executive producer of Sports Sports Sports, and I know what you're thinking. You're probably considering us to sell your product, but concerned with the price. Have no fear, friends, because right now we're offering free ad space. Wait, wait, what? There is no way that's true. Well, it is, my friends. And if you want to find out more, please email us at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that email is sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's get back to the show. Time to talk baseball, and I'm going to be honest with you. The sport of baseball is just waiting to get top billing on our program. It's got to play second fiddle right now to the NBA and NHL because those finals are winding down. But America's pastime, they'll be moving up to our first programming block in two weeks. Kicking it off, Pirates and Cardinals, two bitter rivals that still have a chance to take the division. Game one was a high-scoring affair with the Cards winning 10 to eight off a walk-off home run. Game two, Friday night, saw, the, saw a Pirates shutout. Game three, that was last night. Cardinals... Barely came out on top. Colton Wong, he hit the second Cardinals walk-off for the weekend. And then Game 4 was today with another St. Louis victory. Uh, these two teams, they could be the favorites for the AL title, the Astros and that Boston team. 
Houston came out on top in Game 1 with four runs compared to Boston's two. They would also take Game 2 Friday. Boston, they won Game 3 in dramatic fashion after a home run by Andrew Benatendi. Weird week, though, for Boston as they lost Dustin Pedroia to a knee injury. They released Hanley Ramirez, uh, who was overpaid and certainly underproducing. And in a recent interview with former Yankees and Red Sox outfielder Johnny Damon, he stated that he roots for New York over Beantown. Important to note that he won a World Series for both clubs. Boston, they also played a late one tonight against Ash the Astros, uh, which is going on right now as I'm recording this. Nationals, they looked dead in the water a few weeks ago, but they are catching fire and catching up to the Braves as well after Atlanta had a rough couple weeks. Now, Atlanta took Game 1 and 2 to remain in first in the standings. However, in Game 3 on Saturday, starting pitcher Max Scherzer was called in to pinch hit in the 14th inning for Washington. He got on base with a single and then scored the winning run off the bat of Wilmer Defoe. Game 4 went into extra innings as well, with Atlanta winning and claiming first place in the division. For now. Indians and Tigers, this central division has been interesting. For one thing, first place Cleveland Indians, they are barely over 500, which means we have the potential for a team with a losing record in the postseason. Uh, adding to that speculation, the Twins won three games in that four-game series. So allow me to go a little bit off tangent here because the thought of a losing team in the playoffs brings up so many questions. The first being, has it ever happened before? Could a team possibly have stumbled and bumbled their way into the postseason? For baseball, it takes a bit of luck as it would mean the rest of your division or the wildcard teams are equally bad, if not worse. This feat has been accomplished once in the past in baseball. It was the 1981 Kansas City Royals that made the playoffs at a 50 and 53 record. Now the reason for this because the season the reason for this is because the season was split at the time. So the Royals had a terrible first half of the season. Um but it was the first half only. In the second half, completely crushed it. Uh, they ended up being swept in the LDS by Oakland. Um, so that was the end of their little story. In football, the 7-9 and nine Seattle Seahawks famously won their division in 2010. They on, went on to defeat the defending champions, New Orleans, in a wildcard week matchup thanks to a 76-yard touchdown by Marshawn Lynch. The cheering coming from the Quest Field crowd on that play was so loud it registered on the Richter scale. That's no joke. That that actually did happen. It's called the earthquake run. Look it up. Now, I would say that they were the most successful playoff losers. However, in basketball, it actually happens too often to count. The most famous would be the 1959 Minneapolis Lakers, just two years before they moved to L.A. Uh, they would make the NBA Finals with a 33-39 and record. They were obviously swept by the Celtics. Um, and then the next season, they actually made it to the conference finals, also with a losing record. So, right now, the Indians, they're sort of getting hot before that three-game losing streak. So, it may or may not happen, but it's something to keep your eyes on as the season goes. I believe they are two games over 500 at this point. Uh, for the rest of the league this weekend, uh, here's how things panned out. Yankees in a four-game series with division rival Baltimore, where two games were pushed into a doubleheader on the 25th of August. So, the Yankees played two games instead of just the four because of all the rain. Mariners took two from the Rays in a three-game matchup. Blue Jays were blue, dub a dee dub a die after losing to the Tigers in two of three games. Angels took on the Rangers, giving them a good butt-whooping in two of the three-game set. A's and Royals with the Athletics taking the series, including a 16-0 victory. Oof. Royals, uh, they had the last laugh, though, as they get five picks in the top 60 of this year's draft. That's going to be on Monday, so more on that a little bit later. 
White Sox and Brewers in a Wild West showdown. I'm sorry, a Wild Midwest showdown, resulting in Chicago winning two. Cubs and Mets wasn't great for New York. They were swept and outscored 21-6 to in the four-game set. Uh, Reds and Padres in battle for the number one draft pick. Each won a game before uh, the best of the worst was decided in a late one tonight. So that'll be coming in later today. Giants kept the Phillies scoreless for 20 innings. They won all three, allowing only one run. Uh, Marlins, they played the Diamondbacks. Arizona in a bit of a slump as of late, but they wound up sweeping Miami. And then the Rockies, they were in first place until allowing back-to-back double-digits games by the Dodgers. Dodgers are picking up steam. They're 7-3 and in their last 10. All right, instead of boring you with all the standings, instead we're going to show you the teams that matter, a.k.a. the playoff contenders. This is the picture as it would be if the season ended today, right? American League, Yankees are on top of the AL East, Indians on top of the AL Central, Mariners on top of the AL West. Right before them, you have the Astros and you got that Boston team. All right, on the bubble, you have Detroit and Minnesota. They could make a push for the AL Central title. And the Angels and A's, they're also on the outside looking in. With uh, They both have 31 and 29 apiece. Now, in the NL, I mentioned the Braves held on to first. Brewers lead the Central. Diamondbacks have the NL West, right? Uh, National and Cubs, they're in the wild card spots. But honestly, this the NL right now could go anywhere. Phillies aren't too far back. Cardinals, Pirates... They're also pretty close, and realistically, everybody in the NLS is a contender right now. Even the Padres, they're they're only a few games behind. Um, so lots of fun uh, to come as we barrel towards the summer. Looking towards the week ahead, so we're going to look at some upcoming matchups. Uh, there's actually a couple boring ones this week, but let me highlight the ones that I found uh, to be a little bit more entertaining. Yankees playing the Blue Jays. Now, last time these two played, it was a turning point for New York, who went on to have a fantastic May. Blue Jays have won four of the seven games played between these two this season. So, uh, something to look for there. Brewers and Indians also have two this week. Um, they played a two-game series in May with each taking a win. So, the, those are the only two interesting-looking series coming up. Now, if you could hold out until Friday, you'll have the Yankees and Mets coming up this weekend. These two could be in last place, and it wouldn't matter because those games are always exciting. Last season, the Yankees swept for the first time since 2003. So, what do you think? Can they do it again? I don't know. Uh, now, and if that series doesn't take your fancy, well, then the Diamondbacks and Rockies are both in battle for first in the NL West. They played this that weekend as well. And the last time these two played, we saw two one-run victories, including a 9-8 to eight slugfest. Arizona is without some of their top guys right now, including pitcher Shelby Miller and Robbie Ray. They could potentially be back for that series. So we'll be talking about those next week on the show. Okay. Break time. Still more to come. Uh, we return with NASCAR. Vroom, vroom, vroom. We have the lovable Jamie Grum on the show to answer some sports trivia. And, of course, our Athlete of the Week. It's not the goose. I promise you, it is not the goose. Keep it real. We'll be back shortly. Ever wonder what your socks taste like? Well, now you can with Food Socks, the only pair of socks that tastes like what they look like. Okay, that's a pretty bad advertisement. You know what would work better here, though? Your own ad. Nick Drago here again, offering you a piece of the action right here, right now. Best part is, it can be anything you want it to be. No, wait, that isn't the best part. How could I forget the best part? The best part is I'm offering it for free, free ad space. So, if you have a product that you want me to endorse, please email us at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. I'll be waiting patiently at my computer.
Get your engine started for racing time. Kyle Busch made history last week by being the first ever driver to win every track in the NASCAR uh, Monster Energy Series. This week he took on Pocono where he finished third behind Martin Truex Jr. who won it all. Harvick was ahead for most of the race but ended up losing uh, on a pit stop allowing Truex to take to rally late and take it all. Next race is in Michigan. That's next Sunday. Now, Formula One news. No race this week, but more importantly, the announcement of a new Grand Prix was made on Wednesday. The league unveiled a rendering for a track for the much-speculated Miami Grand Prix. Question right now is if the league will be moving to a 22-race schedule, or will Miami just replace a different race? And unless the Circuit of the Americas GP is taken off the schedule, well, this will mean that the United States is the only country to host two races and you must be thinking to yourself, well, that's complete nonsense because why would the U.S. host two races in a sport that really doesn't get much media coverage and isn't as popular in the States? Well, just like in basketball, the drama off the court is more important than drama on the court. So it's always important to follow the money in this sport. Just like in, uh, it's important to note, actually, Miami residents, now they're gearing up to sue the city over the intrusion that uh, having a Grand Prix will cause. So keep us, we're going to follow this story throughout the summer. Um, this one was recommended by a fan of our program. So remember, sports, sports, sports. We're dedicated to talking about what you want to hear. So if you have a story idea, email us, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Again, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. I feel like I have to say it slower. Sometimes I'm just too quick. Sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, look at that. I slipped another one in there. All right, whether it be a squirrel that wound up on top of a foul pole at Yankee Stadium or a bird that exploded after flying into Randy Johnson's fastball. It's not uncommon for animals to make their way onto a baseball field. Now, no such animal has touched our hearts, though, like Rally Goose. <clears throat> During a Detroit Tigers game on Wednesday night with uh, L.A., a goose made his way onto the field. Now, for a good minute, you can watch the grounds crew chase after this goose in an attempt to get him out of the park, in which he hilariously flew for just a few feet, and then he'd land, kick his feet around a little bit. And the grounds crew would uh, take him off again. So he's just looking for a new area to hang out. Eventually, the goose does get enough altitude. He appears to be making his way out of the stadium. And then he just hits into a scoreboard, falls into the lower deck, just inches from a few fans. Now, the goose seemed to be okay. He hung out in that spot for a bit. And then a fan actually came over, picked up the goose, and led him out of the park. So... Don't worry, the goose was okay, it was healthy, they put a little thing on the scoreboard telling everyone the goose was okay, um, but the name, the reason for the name Rally Goose comes from the fact that Detroit, after this whole thing happened, Detroit goes on to score five runs to beat the Angels in that game, so nice little rally for them. The goose was good luck. Maybe he laid some golden eggs or something. Time for a segment that is oh so near and dear to my heart. The young gun Jamie Crum has been showing off his sports knowledge for the last few weeks and is prepared to show for us more sports knowledge once again. Keep in mind, uh, in previous weeks, he has no he has told us that he has no idea who Jackie Robinson was and proclaimed that baseball is basically land hockey. So who knows what we're going to get this time around. All right, I'll take it over to myself and Mr. Grum. Hi, everybody. I'm here with the young gun, Jamie Grum. Jamie, say hello. Hello, everybody. How you doing? You want to email that one to us? Uh, uh, yes, if you want to email how you're doing, please email us, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. All right, Jamie, here's going to answer a few questions today. We're focusing on basketball. That's the one where you put the big orange ball in the hoop. Okay, I'm really going to screw this one up. <laughs> we'll see what we get to. So in, in basketball, Jamie, how many fouls do you need in order to foul out of the game? 
That's a thing. Uh, okay, wait. So I can probably get this one. Is it three? N no, it's not three. Do you understand what fouling out means? Yeah, it goes like to foul line. <laughs> no. Do they do they like dribble and then they take a step by accident because you, you're not supposed to? I don't even know what you're trying to okay, say. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So you're dribbling the ball, right? And you hold it and you take two steps. You're not supposed. That's called to... a travel. Yeah. So you travel. Is that a foul? <clears throat> that is a that no. <laughs> So in order in order to foul out of the game, which means you've had so many fouls that they actually have to take you off the court, okay. the answer is five. Okay, so five. Does that mean like you're bumping into people, like you're being a jerk? Yeah, you're okay. being a jerk. LeBron James, I'm looking at you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> in basketball, what type of shot is worth one point? Okay. So... When you um, are doing that, like, oh, I don't know anything for basketball. All right, wait, all right, wait, wait. So, when you are lined up, they have everyone, like, all the players are by, like, the, the net, and <clears> you're <throat> doing your, like, what are those shots called? That's, that would be the answer That would be the question. answer? Okay, wait, is it called, uh, it's not foul shot. No, it's not. Is it? Foul shot. That's it's my foul answer. shot, Jamie. Woo! Yes, I got one. I don't even or know basketball. You could say foul shot or a free throw. Uh, free throw is the more acceptable term. I changed my answer to free throw. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Here's a good one. You're gonna really love this one, okay, Jamie. Good. I love. I love questions. What does the phrase <laughs> "end one" mean? <laughs> so, for those who want a little bit of a reference here, when we were in high school, young gun Jamie Grum here. <laughs> Saw the words end one on the backpack and decided to scream it at the top of his lungs frequently. All the time, actually. But now we want to know if he knows what it actually means. Alright. So. You get, like, someone fouls you, but then you still make the shot. Okay, you're kind of on the right track. There is a foul involved. Okay. You make the shot. So someone checks you. But, you, but. Get, you get an option to shoot one free throw. That, oh, so that's what the whole thing is. You get, the, you get it, but then you still get to shoot one in, so it's like, and one. So, I just <laughs> thought it was just a slogan on a shirt. It was not just a slogan on a shirt. It actually <laughs> means something. But yes, there, there is a, an and one. Okay, break. so it would also be like totally random. Like We would just be talking, and then I would just shout it out, because I kind of came out of my shell. And that was my thing. And, and that was his thing. All right, folks, short one today, but uh, thanks, Jamie, for answering those questions for us. I know that was all burning in our heads, especially mine. So back to the rest of the podcast, folks. Okay, Athlete of the Week for this week. I lied. It's the goose. No, I'm just kidding. It's not the goose. We already talked about that. All right, by now you must be familiar with Shohei Otani, the player for the Angels, who has a pretty good swing and a nasty fastball. Well, get this. Anthony Siegler, he's a high school senior in Gardnerville, Georgia. He can switch hit and he can switch pitch. He can hit and throw both as a lefty and a righty. Even better, though, his expertise is at a catcher, but the young man can really be used on the bases and the outfield. He can literally play every position. Now, many high, schools, many high schoolers and even some college athletes are accustomed to being flexible, but at this high level of play, it's unheard of to be so electric at every position. Current mock drafts project him going in the later parts of the first round. Remember, he's only 18, so even if he is drafting, it'll be some time until we hear his name called at Yankee Stadium. Or wherever else he ends up being drafted. Siegler did state that if need be, he'll give up every other position and play catcher. Uh, 
were he to be asked by his potential future ball club. Now, I'd love to see him and Otani in a pitcher's duel or batter's duel, whatever you want to talk about. Um, as mentioned earlier, the MLB draft. That's going to be on tomorrow night, so look out for that. All right, mail time this week. We've gotten electronic letters from a few fans that confirmed for us after last week's episode that is true. Frankfurt is the capital of Kentucky. Uh, one such fan went as far as to attach a picture of Dr. Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror to their message. So thank you for, to Michelle Grum, Adam Barrett, and Jake DeWise for writing in. For those of you at home that want to participate in the program, you can send us your messages, comments, concerns, whatever, via email, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Don't make me say it again. It doesn't matter what you have to say. I will literally talk about it on the show. Sports3xpodcast.gmail.com. See, I said it again. All right, special thanks, as usual, to the content editor and designer of our logo, Johanna Albert. Now, she's also been writing the questions for our Jamie Grum segment, so let's give her a round of applause for that one as well. The music for our podcast is a song called Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. A link to his show can be found in, uh, a link to his websites can be found in the show notes. Uh, also, thank you to Christopher Breslin on his contribution to our baseball and Formula One segments this week. Jamie Grum, of course, coming in to endure more sports questions with us. Thank you, Jamie. Likes coming in from Brendan O'Keefe, Nathan Luffman, Lois Butler, Kevin Gomez, and Michelle Grum. Remember to contact us and help spread our message on social media. Like, comment, share. And you'll have your name read on the air. It's so easy. All right, upcoming games this week. Caps and Knights, game four. That's tomorrow night. Warriors and Cavs return to the court Wednesday after tonight's matchup. Justify looks to take the last leg of the Triple Crown next weekend in Belmont. And only two weeks until the World Cup. We'll be talking about that a lot next week on the show. All right, that's all I have for today. Remember, like, comment, share, email, Twitter us. I'm also accepting messages in the form of light whispers in my ear while I sleep at night. Lastly, but not leastly, though, my email. Don't forget it. Sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at Sports3xpodcast. I'm Nick Drago. You have a great day, friends.